On this episode of Every Family's Got One, Dads, featuring Gotham City Improv alum and playwright Lance Worth. As a gay person, people often ask me, hey Lance, that gay thing, is it nature or nurture? And Moth Story Slam winner and storyteller man about town, David Hugh. Instead of speaking in English, he preferred to whisper to my mom in Chinese. I felt like I was raised by two spies. Hi, I'm Barbara Harrell. And I'm Tony Menudo, and welcome to Every Family's Got One. The podcast that brings you amazing true stories about family. Today, we're going to talk about dads. Aw, oh, dads, because dads screw up the kids just as much as the moms do. Do they? Yeah, probably more. Damn it. I know. <laughs> Our first storyteller is Lance Worth. Lance began his career with Gotham City Improv, where he performed, he directed, and he taught improv and sketch comedy. He's an expert. Yeah, and he just finished writing three one-act plays. Here's Lance with his family story, Nurture versus Nature. Mm-hmm. As a gay person, people often ask me, hey, Lance, that gay thing. Is it nature or nurture? Well, I can say to you folks here with total authority, it's nurture. How do I know? It was the summer of 79. I was six years old. My family had spent the day exploring Dodge City, Kansas, an old western frontier town, complete with a blacksmith shop, a gunfight, and jail cells you could pose in, just like Jesse James. My younger brother and sister and I were in cowboy kid heaven. So why were they fighting like it was the OK Corral? Dad had had enough. That's it. Movie night's canceled. Oh, no, no. That cannot be true. I've been looking forward to seeing the Muppet movie for weeks. If I didn't see the Muppets sing Moving Right Along, I was going to die. I don't want to be seen in public with you wild hanyaks. Now get in the car. Um, For those of you not hip to German slang, hanyaks is what you call your children when they're acting like little shits. Oh, I cried. I cried hard. I wasn't causing any trouble. I was being good. Shouldn't good kids get to see the Swedish chef? I pleaded through tears and snot to my parents during the long car ride home. Mom turned to Dad. Since Lance was good, why don't you take him to the movies tonight, and I'll keep Sean and Andrea at home. Maybe it was my tear-filled pleas, or maybe it was just matrimonial surrender. But Dad totally caved. Fine. I was stoked. I was getting to see the Muppet movie, and my brother and sister weren't. I proudly held Dad's hand as we walked up to the Village Cinema's ticket window, ready for my rainbow connection. One adult and one child for escape from Alcatraz. Oh, I I must have heard wrong. We were seeing the Muppet movie. Escape from Alcatraz is rated R, sir. The ticket lady, whose glasses were bigger than her face huffed. Well, lady, as far as I'm concerned... It's rated, I don't give a crap. Two tickets for Escape from Alcatraz. She says she slid the tickets under the glass. I looked up at Dad, about to inform him of his horrible mistake. But our eyes met. And I knew at that moment, I was not seeing Dr. Teeth. <laughs> 
and the electric mayhem. We went into the theater. I sat quietly next to him, munching my popcorn. I had all kinds of questions. Hey, Dad, what's an Alcatraz? Does this movie have any puppets at all? What's the big deal about rated R? But I didn't ask those questions. I stayed quiet. I was going to be good. The lights went down and the movie started. There he was, the star of the movie, Clint Eastwood. Tall, stoic, tough and growly. He emerged from a boat in a San Francisco rain, only to be marched through the halls of Alcatraz, a much bigger jail than the one in Dodge City. I grabbed some popcorn from my dad, paying careful attention not to drop any of the greasy kernels on his pants. I looked back up at the screen. It was dark. Three forms walked down a corridor, the only sound, the slap of Clint's bare feet against the concrete floor. Suddenly, Clint walked into a shaft of light, and there it was, projected larger than life on the screen above my head, shining like a glorious moon, my first bare movie ass. The shot only lasted for a moment, but in that moment, Clint Eastwood's ass was eternal, a hairless beacon of light in a cold, dark world. I grabbed more popcorn, not as carefully this time. I turned back to the screen, but but Clint's butt was gone. Where did it go? Would I ever see it again? No sooner had I thought it than the universe answered me with a prison shower scene. Oh, the butts. More movie butts than I could have dreamed of. Tall ones, short ones, old ones, young ones, dry ones, wet ones, white ones, wider ones, firm ones, flappy ones. My eyes were full of butts. I, I felt like a switch in me was flipped on. I'd seen Clint Eastwood's naked butt, and I liked it. I'd seen him showering with other men, and I liked it. He talked about a spoon that looked like it's been sticking in someone's ass. I didn't know if that was an option, but if it was, I was going to like it. Clint Eastwood had opened something up in me, the love of the male body. From that moment on, I knew I loved men, especially naked ones. Screw Kermit and Miss Piggy, I had Clint Eastwood's butt. As I left the theater holding my father's hand, he looked down at me. For one moment, I wondered if he had sensed the change in me, if he knew the amazing new feelings I was feeling. Did he like Clint Eastwood's butt as much as I did? Don't tell your mom I took you to an R-rated movie. I understood that wouldn't be the only secret I would have to keep that night. I wouldn't be able to talk with my dad about my male booty love. I would have to be a good boy and keep my newfound desires to myself. So, nature versus nurture? It's nurture. Because Clint Eastwood's butt made me gay. Barbara, here's another age-old question for you. Meat or cheese? Ooh. 
Gee, that's hard. Do I have to choose? Well, not anymore with a Hickory Farms meat and cheese duo box. You can enjoy both a hearty beef log with a wedge of sharp cheddar. Why, there's nothing more natural than nurturing with the meat and cheese you love. Hickory <laughs> Farms. Want to win your own Hickory Farms hearty beef box? You bet I do. Just send an email to everyfamiliesgotone at gmail.com. That's everyfamiliesgotone at gmail.com. Remember to put meat, M-E-A-T, in the subject line. You'll automatically be entered to win. And we'll announce the winner at the end of season one. Good luck. Good luck. Our next storyteller is Dave Hugh. Now, Dave has been very busy during the pandemic. Yep, he's been performing virtually. He performed uh, on The Moth and on Risk. Wow, and we have him now on Every Family's Got One. Yes, we do. And here's Dave sharing an enlightening story about his dad. Growing up, I never really knew my dad. He worked long hours, seven days a week as a waiter at a restaurant in Chinatown. I would be asleep by the time he got home from work. So the only time I really got to see him was mornings when he dropped me off at school. Once, when I was 10, and sound asleep in my bed. I was startled by a cold hand touching my foot. I looked up to see a motionless silhouette at the end of my bed. My dad, I just want to say goodnight. Night, dad. Night, son. Our interaction was always brief like a business transaction or a conversation between two strangers on a bus. Nice day. Yes, it is. Bye, son. Bye, dad. Like I said, I didn't really know him. The only thing I did know about him was that he worked a lot. He was quiet and reserved. And instead of speaking in English, he preferred to whisper to my mom in Chinese. I felt like I was raised by two spies. Later, I did learn more about him, that he grew up so poor, he had to eat boiled grass for dinner, that he had a younger brother, and he both got really sick. But his folks only had enough money to save one of them. So he made the tough decision to save my dad, because he was older and could help out. Even though we didn't talk much, my dad was loving in his own ways, with little gestures. Every day, he would give me lunch money for school. And on some mornings, I would wake up with toys scattered all over my bed. G.I. Joe soldiers, matchbox racing cars, toys kids left over from the restaurant the night before, regifted by this kind, quiet man. After 40 years of hard work, my dad retired, and it was my turn to take care of him. On birthdays and holidays, I would visit and give him gifts. Socks, shirts, things he never wore. I started giving him money because that's the only gift he accepted from me. It might seem like the lazy way out, some, but dad really appreciated the cash. It allowed him to get out and go do things, like visit his friends in Chinatown and have lunch. Then, my dad was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. He forgot how to open his door with his keys, how to turn off the stove, and any money I gave him would fall out of his pockets and onto the floor. My dad's condition worsened from being forgetful to delusional. 
He saw people hiding in trees, waving at him. Once we got a call from the neighbors that he walked into their house, wondering who moved the furniture around in the living room. Fortunately, he was not hurt or arrested. It was also fortunate that my mom has been a nurse for over 20 years. She worked at a local nursing home and dealt with Alzheimer's. So she was familiar with why patients would become delusional. It was often due to constipation. Who knew the brain and the butt were connected in such an important way? So my mom started giving my dad laxatives. And magically, once he was able to relieve himself on a daily basis, he began to become less delusional and more alert about his surroundings. But now we had another problem. There was a shortage of laxatives in his neighborhood. No wonder Americans are in deep shit. So I went on Amazon and got my dad a case of laxatives. I went all out and became a Prime member with two-day shipping. The package arrived on Christmas Day. His eyes lit up when he saw the bright purple boxes with stool softener branded on them. I'm pretty certain it was the same expression I had on my face as a boy when I found those toys on my bed. My dad grabbed my hand and said, Good boy, I am so happy to have a son like you. That Christmas, we spent the afternoon together. I showed him how to open the door with his key, turn off the stove. Then I took him for a haircut and got McDonald's for lunch. When we got back home, we sat close on the couch and each dropped a hit of laxatives. I never felt so light during the holidays or so connected to my dad. Laxatives. Who knew? What a great Christmas idea. It is. Barbara, I know what your stocking stuffer is going to (laughs) be. It rhymes with laxatives. It is laxatives. It might be. Ooh, don't get me excited. Anyway, we would like to thank Lance Worth for being here, who also has a very important job as a director of content scheduling at HBO Max. He must Mm. wear a tie. Connect with Lance on Instagram at, here's Instagram, here we go, inside underscore Lance underscore Worth, and Worth is spelled W-E-R-T-H, because mm-hmm. he's fancy. Oh, yeah. And many thanks to the delightful storyteller, Dave Yu. And you can follow Dave, again, on Instagram at Dave Yu, uh 718 and Hugh is H-U. At Dave Hugh 718 That's it. That's right. That was my grandfather's <laughs> Instagram account. And now it's time for the credits. Every Family's Yay! Got One is produced by us. Yes, Barbara Harrell and Tony Minuto. And special thanks to Alex Clark for our awesome theme music. Our talented audio engineer, Paul Weiss. Special thanks to Wordsworth and Booth. Mike Stafford for legal and production assistance. Our good friend, professional golfer Tom Bell. Catering by Hickory Farms, which is not an official sponsor, but we sure do love them. Subscribe to Every Family's Got One wherever you listen to podcasts. And follow Every Family's Got One on Facebook and Instagram. Or check out our website at everyfamiliesgotone.com. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.